So reading a little section from the Sangyutta Nikaya, 1265. This is the Buddha speaking. Before my enlightenment, while I was still a bodhisattva, not yet fully enlightened, it occurred to me, this world has fallen into trouble and it is born, aging and dies. It passes away and is reborn, yet it does not understand the escape from the suffering headed by aging and death. When now will an escape be discerned from this suffering headed by aging and death? Then because it occurred to me, when what exists does aging and death come to be? By what is aging and death conditioned? Then because through careful attention there took place in me a breakthrough by wisdom when there is birth, aging and death comes to be. Aging and death has birth as its condition. And it occurred to me when what exists does birth come to be. Existence, clinging, craving, sense basis, name and form. By what is name and form conditioned? When there is consciousness, name and form comes to be. Name and form as consciousness, as its condition. When there is name and form, consciousness comes to be. Consciousness has name and form as its condition. Then it occurred to me, this consciousness turns back. It does not go further than name and form. It is to this extent that one may be born, age and die, pass away and be reborn. That is when there is consciousness with name and form as its condition and name and form with consciousness as its condition. When what does not exist, does ageing of birth not come to be? When there is no consciousness, name and form does not come to be. With the cessation of consciousness comes the cessation of name and form. Then it occurred to me I have discovered this path to enlightenment. That is, with the cessation of name and form comes cessation of consciousness. With the cessation of consciousness comes cessation of name and form. So too, I have seen this, I have walked this ancient path travelled by people of the past, the rightly enlightened ones of old. Uh, to the, so he uses the image of travelling to the city, of, of the deathless city. This is not easy stuff. <laughs> but it's not an easy, not an easy project. And uh, I think one gets to a point where you think you're almost understanding it and then it sort of breaks up. <laughs> you go, what? <laughs> Partly because uh, we kind of think we know what consciousness is, but we don't really know what name and form is. And we don't exactly know what 
arising and cessation is about and how that refers to consciousness. We don't have a, a reference to what he's talking about. Yeah. And so, yeah, actually, these are references to uh, chitta experiences. So it's some, someone who's deeply delving and dwelling in the jitta experience and the way the jitta experiences consciousness. You know, you know, sometimes these two words are read as synonymous. You know, consciousness or vijnana and jitta. Mm-hmm. And they do travel together. But it's rather like you know, vijnana is the hand and jitta is the sensitivity of the hand. Right? So naturally where the hand goes, the sensitivity of the hand travels with it. You know, so they seem to be stuck together. Sensitivity of the hand and the hand consciousness it reaches out and touches and this quality of knowing occurs. Knowing a thing. What if the hand doesn't reach out? What if it doesn't reach out? What if it relaxes completely? Does the sensitivity disappear? No. Sensitivity is still there. What is it contact? It doesn't contact sight or sound because it doesn't reach out to sight or sound. It doesn't contact thought because it doesn't reach out to thought. It doesn't contact physical sensation because it doesn't reach out to physical sensation. Not reaching out to these forms. It doesn't get involved with aspects of perceiving and favouring and liking and disliking and wondering why. And this is the complex that is summed up as name, the the interpretation of experience, the way we like it, dislike it, wonder about it, and so forth. It doesn't, all that depends on consciousness reaching out. If consciousness does not reach out to sight, sound, touch, taste, fragrance, thought, then the sensitivity does not pick them up. Therefore, there's no welling up of internal experiences of, oh, well, it's great, oh, no, oh, no, what's that? You know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, being touched, being moved by sights, sounds, tastes, and so forth. Rejecting them, being disgusted by them doesn't happen. Wondering why they're there doesn't happen. Wondering whether myself is in this or that or neither doesn't happen. And contact doesn't happen in that sense. Sensitivity remains. Uh, uh. So this is like a, trying to give you a sense of... Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe sometimes these images are a little easier to digest than this rather strange language. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly images have their limitations. Mm. Could there be awareness without something to be aware of? Mm. Now in uh, Buddha's penetration, uh, his experience was, yes, this is possible. Mm. Uh, And the, the reaching out is called the rising up. So the rising up of all these phenomena that we experience 
that uh, stir, agitate, calm, soothe, delight, confuse, the welling up of all that which is experienced somehow internally, isn't it? We see something, we go, oh, I, internally I am rejoicing in that or uh, wondering what to do about that. We call it internal, this kind of internal stuff welling up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That can get very dense and busy at times and one can easily spend a lifetime trawling through that, moving through that, um, adding to that, pruning it. Uh, uh, and it can get very obsessive and it can get very t- congested in there. Mm. Mm. But it, they're welling up to the point when if one doesn't see anything, hear anything, still the mind wells up. So it, it's not about eliminating sense bases. Otherwise people who had no sight or hearing would be more enlightened than we are. But that isn't the case. So it's not actually the senses, it's the contact. And so, which contact is the, the you know, that experience of, of the, the stirring that occurs. And, that, and there's a hunger for that stirring, because that stirring makes me feel more alive. Right? You know, that, that inner stirring makes me feel more alive, more full, more enriched. You know? I won't, I won't quarrel with that. It makes me feel more alive. Yeah. And then when it's gone, it makes me want some more or feel rather bereft that I can't have it now. This is called life, living, birth, and it's subject to ageing and death subject to separation, subject to change. I imagine all of us would rather like to see agreeable things, um, have agreeable ideas, um, agreeable physical feelings, sensations, hear agreeable sounds, that inclination. And we all recognize these things change and then we get another set, something else. Or you go read a book, interesting idea, and so on. So we just go to the end game paradigm. What happens when we can't do that? And we're left with our thoughts. What happens when the thinking, rational thinking, say you have dementia? Um, I don't know what it's like to have dementia, but um, I certainly understand people who have communicated at their death moments, towards their death moments, and saying, this is as far as thinking goes, my thinking, and people quite lucidly describing in their last moments the ending of thought. And, you know, now, this is as far as can be, I can think, and it goes. What's then? We, we can't, we can only imagine, can't we? But if there is a, a, a bonding to, to that contact impression, contact impression, not only do we feel a sense of disappointment in this life when pleasant sights and sounds and touches pass away, familiar feelings, familiar uh, things pass away, 
which is, then we can generally replace it with something else. But the Buddha's aim was, well, you know, let's really, with living with death in mind, so, yeah, that's it's good, I can do that, he could do that. But is there a way beyond this where we don't have to go through what will occur when my chitta can't lean upon sight, sound, touch, taste, thought, when my jitta can't feel oriented around that world, when my jitta can't say, oh, it's Friday, or, oh, there's Susan, or, oh, let's have some of this, and I remember that, and we can't do that. What will he do? Probably <laughs> panic. <laughs> yeah, to some degree. And, and try to find something. Yeah, so it's a sort of agitation and you know if you've had say an accident or you've fainted or something like that you may have experienced that the moment come to and the jitter's kind of like we're trying to piece the world together or if you've come out of a, uh, an, an anesthetized condition or any of these states where the you know your normal sense consciousness is 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 kind of pushed aside and you have to come back into it and then it's just kind of, where am I, what am I doing, where am I or if you had a you know, head injury or brain injury or something like that you know, it's bad enough having jet lag you know. <laughs> you go, where am I, what am I, which way is up <laughs> but I think dying is a little more serious than that uh, so the Buddha said yeah then but actually, you could sense that if if the jitta was strong enough, fortified, and it wasn't doing bonding to these impermanent conditions, it might rest in itself, not rise up, not cause consciousness to run out, but rest back. And so... so uh, training in that, the resting. So niroda means <laughs> we're dealing with translations here. When you think of cessation, you probably think of something like exterminate. But is it more like a wave of the sea that wells up and then it rises up and then it? What happened to the wave? Who destroyed it? Nobody destroyed it. It waved up and it was only a form anyway. Water hasn't gone, wave swept up, and then it collapses back into something unformed. Nothing's been destroyed. Arising and ceasing. Could it be something more like that? Are these models any more helpful? Probably more helpful than idea of, ex of extermination. The jitter doesn't well up with that passion. Uh, adherence, seeking, uh, it might rest back um, into something uh, where name and form break up. This is another phrase or reflection that's used. Uh, where name and form break up and consciousness does not get established so when that adherence to 
sense object and my interpretation of it. When there's no interpretation of a sense object, when the jitter doesn't rise up to, oh, when it just lets it be. Right? So then the, the ceasing of, or the non-arising of name, so the jitter doesn't reach out, doesn't cause consciousness to reach out into, into, into experience rest back and uh, Buddha said this is sublimely peaceful and easeful uh, this is not unpleasant this is not this is sublimely peaceful and easeful mm. you know one might <laughs> kind of have a rough idea that yes it would be it would be nice not to have these constant churnings going on uh, and and uh, agitation and, and loss and grief, but I don't mind getting having not having that. But I still I'd like to have the pleasant stuff. <laughs> so then we're we're called upon to okay. Let's let's uh, feel the pleasant stuff. What is the nature of pleasant stuff? You know, you know, not that it's unpleasant. And so you know, somebody brought me some. Uh, tasty uh, food today, you know, mm-hmm. it was not unpleasant. But you can't eat the pleasure, you know, you can't store it. <laughs> it was not unpleasant. But you can't hold the pleasure, you can't kind of have a pleasure bag that you can put all this stuff in so you could bring it out on a rainy day. It's gone. <laughs> doesn't mean it was disagreeable (laughs) but it's gone (laughs) so I'll do something else then yeah I know I know I know know, we can do that do something else do something else do something else go somewhere else switch something else on don't be depressed don't be boring (laughs) don't be negative yeah, no, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> and if we are prepared to tell the truth and be the truth, we might also. Recognize the that which is aware of the passing of feeling, sensation, that which is aware of it. It's got a, a still, easeful quality to it. Feel steady and still and easeful. Mm. Same thing with when painful experiences occur. I can stop lamenting and moaning and feeling it's wrong it shouldn't be this way and how can it stop well, it does stop is it oh yeah what was all that about and it can even be that one one has experienced pain it can be the experience when you experience in pain you think look you can struggle with this and fight with this and feel depressed about this and it still will not change what about could you just withdraw to Feeling is like this, feeling is like this, 
and instead of and then notice that where the places that are not painful and terrible pain in my legs but my hands are fine terrible pain in my legs but the space around my body is pretty open the warmth is pleasant agreeable and the knowing of that can one withdraw can one withdraw and uh, when there's pleasant experiences can one this is pleasant but I'm not hooked up to it can one withdraw uh, to this stillness do you want stillness uh, I'd imagine that uh, average person doesn't want it it would soon be filled with something more agreeable than that so this is the weaning and the movement you know though this is in a way when you set it out logically it's fairly oh yeah I can see that I can see that I can see that still educating the chitta educating the heart the reflexes to uh, to withdraw not to suppress not to have a negative view but just to ease off to stay in center that's quite a quite a long or term in training but it can be cultivated cultivate to withdraw to the still point and that withdrawing is going to be both through finding something closer to the still point so you're going in the right direction that is still you know agreeable and actually perhaps better more long term and then from there you've come halfway uh, so you've been able to you know not be too bothered about sense sense contact because now you have qualities of metta you know qualities of self-respect you know the qualities of the subtle energies that the jitta can experience when the mind and body are calm think, oh this is better actually I, I can i can get that because i've got a better happiness here i can i can withdraw to that and then within that domain this is still a little bit you've got the hang of withdrawing which is not, as I say, it's not adding a negative impulse. It's just moving one's desire, move, movement of desire towards what would be my greater, more long-lasting, steadier well-being. That's the trajectory. It is the trajectory of desire. Once again, to to mention, you know, if we have a negative view, that negative view, that is an addition. That's the chitta rising up, rising up with negativity. Yeah. If we have some ideological, you know, aversion to sense contact, that ideological aversion, the chitta is rising up with an ideological aversion. If there's a fundamentalist feeling, I shouldn't enjoy sense contact. That, that quality, that attitude is rising up. Jitta's rising up with that. So this is not about laying some kind of ideological 
principle or negative attitude towards sense contact, it's just examining it as it is and finding a place where it can be examined from, seen from, felt from and this movement through the intelligences of the heart movement through the intelligences of the heart somewhere we feel feel a little steadier just as a person who's walking around in the waking world and doesn't object to going to sleep at night and switching it all off they don't find that a problem (laughs) because they're nice and warm and relaxed and comfortable and they can then don't really want the sounds don't want the sights don't want the activities quite happy just in this rest state Uh, just like that you know you're happy here don't need that don't need to be rising up it's actually more restful here Uh, and then tuning into that that graduated process of uh, detachment disengagement dispassion ceasing Someone should it becomes used to that 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 trajectory, trust that trajectory because that is not a forced experience. It's not an ideological nihilism. It's not a craving to get away from. It's just finding your security. Where's the finer, more lasting sense of security and agreeable? It's resting in the heart. Uh, take it a little further. <laughs> that's that's the trajectory movement. Mm. I mean, you find it, the qualities of just of the the energies of the, of the heart seem sometimes just a little bit too perhaps a bit turbulent. So just cool it more easeful and equanimous. Mm. Mm. Heart energies then are put to rest. And with this comes also the relief from, you know, what are perhaps closer than sense than external sense contact, release from um, depression, uh, fear, uh, psychologies, and so then in meditation you beginning to come to this place where you can purify and clarify the energetic medium of the citta, its its fundamental, you know, stirrings in terms of uh, um, psychological uh, qualities and patterns that are got imprinted on it. So you're clearing out these residual patterns, and this is a process that can be dealt with or approached with some detail. Uh, it's both the attitude over overwhelming or the fundamental room that you live in and that is a called the quality of goodwill compassion kindness appreciation that's the modality of the mind it's also that of patience and persistence and clarity and it's also the realm of the subtle body because these psychologies and deeply imprinted patterns have a 
subtle body impression, you know, something that we may not even recognize because we, as body at all, you know, because we so associate the body with the anatomy. But there's something somatic about the, you know, the sinking, the weight, the feeling oppressed, the weight, uh, the unsettled, agitated state, the slightly compressed, nervous state, yeah, uh, the contracted state, state where your throat feels closed because emotions are being held down, you know, a condition where you know, you've got some strange lock under your, under your ribs and you don't really know what it's about. And then as you meditate, you feel there's a ball of grief in there. You didn't even really know about. Mm. And clearing these, how do you clear them? By, by not going into the topics or the stories that they evoke and having enough embodiment to be able to step back from the emotional welling up that occurs and spreading embodied awareness over the entire area of your body so that then these stuck places can begin to melt and release. And then this means the jitta can then, ah, because if there are these stuck places in, in, the, in the embodied domain, in the jitta's domain, it's like, it's like it's still stuck there. Part of it's released, but part of it's stuck. Because you, know, you haven't actually cleaned out that bit. So, and this can occur, you know, and it does occur. And so, you know, one may have, you know, read accounts of being people who have been, seem to be pretty enlightened and have great realizations. And then, you know, find out they've been having inappropriate relations with their students because part of them was a release, part of them was, part of them wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And part of them was all kind of empty and open and one of them was still stuck in sensuality or in power. And you do read these rather disappointing stories of beings who are kind of seemingly definitely got some clarity and understanding but they're not completed yet. And they may not even know it. There's so people with what you call a split personality. Part of you is really fine. And there's a little bit that hasn't been released. And it's kind of buried darkness or buried... And as long as you, as you keep going, looking the other way, you don't notice it. But it can come, it can creep up and catch you. So in this process, we've been very thorough. Yeah. And this also means going beyond the boundaries of I am. The I am structures, fundamentally the personality structure, will tend to inhabit the most um, uh, manageable aspects of our, of our chitta's domain. The condition, the chitta, when it's in the conditioned state, has got more manageable aspects, the kind of, you know, the more wilder things that, that uh, can burst out of people when they get really angry or threatened or frightened or uh, and they can get really strong, violent, aggressive uh, or, or even just, um, you know, breakdowns. That's part of the jitter 
wasn't properly aligned and yet their personality didn't live in that part it lived in the the kind of more relatively domesticated area where things were kind of okay (laughs) but when you meditate you're finding out that stuff arises outside of the domestic zone in the wildlands that you didn't hadn't really cultivated you know and you feel yourself with strange rages and loneliness and depression and you know feeling project you know feeling all these, these dark unresolved stuff which people nowadays call the subconscious or you know freud and all that kind of thing but in the Buddha's understanding, it's all the chitta territories and the unresolved acquisitions. These are the acquired kind of knots and tangles and uh, uncultivated areas that have to be cleared out. So you know, most of our practice is really you know, moving from into this meditative domain where you're entering the what I would call subtle energetic field which may be a bit of jargon but where we where the feeling sense the feeling sense of the heart with no particular big occupation so you want to instead of going forward or backward you're just staying where you are and that causes the jitter opening and it touches into some of these unresolved things will start manifesting and so for that we've definitely created some strong nourishing practices of strengthening and fortifying and gladdening and and also getting the wisdom to be able to step back and let a feeling arise and pass let an emotion arise and pass you develop that that's your your, your, most people's main practice is that and not creating a self out of it because the self is always a, 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 a contraction within the chitta the bits that could be held the manageable bits you know, the bits that I walk down the street with and go to work with and talk to the neighbours with and so the manageable bits that's me uh, <laughs> uh, you know. and as we all know you know, these these bits are not the whole story you know. it's when you read some account of some serial killer who was just a nice guy who did the groceries and had a you know had a daughter and stuff you know seemed fairly regular guy and meanwhile he had a kind of another life where he was doing these terrible things so you know clear the tendencies, the latent tendencies were not cleared out. Tendencies were not cleared out. Mm. So we're not in a hurry to just rush on through that territory. We know, we've begun to recognise there's a possibility for that movement of a withdrawal. And yet, that has to be also carefully handled because it's not a not what the energy called vipava, which is the desire to get away, whereby we can overlook things that we should actually carefully handle. I so want to get out, 
I still want to get out of this. I don't want to have to meet my shadows. So no, you should stay and clear those. Come to terms with them. And then, then there'll be a natural, a natural, a natural passage, a natural movement. And that on the meditative domain, that's the story, and it's also the story in the end of our life. If we have finished our business, cleared out our accumulations, you know, then there is a natural withdrawal, peaceful. Everybody was designed to die. It's completely safe. It's tried and tr tested. Nobody's failed. But some people really make a mess of it. They're struggling and fighting and kicking and denying. And it wouldn't be nice if you could just say, okay, well, just now there's a closing down. The jitter withdraws, withdraws, withdraws. Because we've done it so many times. And there's nothing there to be hanging, you know, pulling you back. Or no unresolved residues. And so it said, you know, then the jitta in this very life, as that process is ripened, matured, dwells, turns away from all that. That's another expression. Turns to the deathless. Saying, this all this stuff is impermanent, changeable, dangerous, troublesome, had enough. This is peaceful. This is sublime. Stilling of the activations, the relinquishment of all those acquisitions and residues. Detachment, destruction of craving, the thirst for more of it. Detachment, dispassion, cessation, Nibbana. This is sublime, this is peaceful. Jitta turns to the deathless. So, you know, where, you know, what's that mean? Well, <laughs> you know, that what I've called withdrawal, which I've gestured as a kind of simple stepping back, is also like a, again, these are just metaphors, a turning. Where does the jitta turn? It's turning away from perceptions, Attitudes, opinions, views, psychologies, past, memories, you know. Where does it turn to? <laughs> Where is it to turn to? <laughs> turns to it into itself. Maybe. Turns into the knowing. Turns into the stillness. Because it's just enough enough of all the rest of that, enough, enough. So there's no, none of that, the process of uh, aging and death, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a real, um, <laughs> it's not, it's not a, uh, It's not a dominant experience for chitta. Any more than say, you know, taking your clothes off when you go to have a shower is a is a tragedy. <laughs> mm -hmm.
enough of that. And as I suggested, you know, and you find it out, find out for yourself. The withdrawal, as the chitta releases from from his um, contact, it starts to shine. Starts to, you know, it's a subtle kind of luminosity. It's barely luminosity. It could be metaphors we use of space or luminous or silence, something kind of rather grand and subtle it touches into in you know on a subtle level of conditions. So it's because this is a kind of finer degree of well being. And then the sense is being presented well when you, you can also calm and relax in that and even finer. You know, to to that that's that's the journey. And then the Passing of the body is certainly something that has to be worked with. It's going to happen to all of us. The loss of that which we know has to be borne with. And perhaps we look at things with a slightly wiser eye when we understand, you know, this too will pass. We look at things with a slightly wiser and calmer eye when we look around and see this too will pass, this will change. Bearing, living with death in mind. Maybe one gets less reckless, less infatuated. It's, it's, it's yours. You see what it does. So in meditation practice today, we're you know, just the movement of sense contact, touch, taste, sight, body breathing, body walking, body standing. When you stand or walk, what's walking about? You know, retain a mental image of here I'm walking up and down that would be that would be rather boring thing to do you know while I'm walking up and down so we drop while I'm walking up and down instead we feel energy is moving to moving there shifts of weight pressures tingling energies also witness or be with the the way the body Body intelligence works, how it manages to shift weight around and find balance and flow and form by itself. And so your, your thinking mind could just, okay, body knows what it's doing, step back. But listen. And the, the kind of reminder is you, you can't, you know, you've got to, got to really listen in. Uh, it's not just about don't think, it's listen to something that's actually more accurate than your thinking. You know, if you think about walking up and down, would that enable you to walk up and down? Can you figure out how to do it? Really? Can you figure out which muscles to use? Can you figure out how the tendons should work? No, you can't. So 
you know, you hear your thinking mind and your, your directing directing self is kind of obsolete and in the way because the body walks perfectly well actually a lot better than if you've got directing self sitting on top of it telling you how, what it should be doing and figuring out what anybody else is doing what's the point of this and am I getting it right all that stuff you know withdraw from that pronto and see if you can just get into the feeling that the experience of walking the whole body walking and how and just marvel at it so you in a way your jitters beginning to move into that still point a quiet point of witnessing the witnessing phenomena at a certain point but now the, the sense of the self organizing planning measuring comparing worrying about am I, am I doing it the right way what's the right system to get this done in stop that walk be aware of walking and learn to be a learner as if you've never walked before and you're just curious how this happens and then the chit is really awake and alert it's alert to phenomena but it's not bonding to them and it's not you know confabulating around it and this is a lovely easeful place to be you know most meditation seems to when it goes wrong it seems to move between being hyper doing and then all the worrying about getting it right which shuts off your body intelligence because your, your brain gets in the way your thing gets in the way and it, because you know, we've learned to operate through this thinking system you know? so meditation fails when we've got this attachment to systems and customs one of the three fetters we're trying to get it right we're trying to get it right no no that, that isn't how it operates it's already right you know? it's already right the problem is you're not listening to it you know, it's always right Breathing is always right. It's just you're not able to listen to it without getting tense or tight. So just see if you can find a place where you could go a bit more wide and spacious, less demanding, and try to feel the, the, the suffusive and given qualities of it. Body knows what it's doing. And you jitter can sit back and it gets used to that, that you can actually do it better by stepping back and being receptive but it does have a part to play which is when disturbing phenomena occur in the body in the breath in the somatic domains so the places of agitation the jitter moves forward with a mind with a heart of goodwill with a heart of attention just how is that mm. linger calm steady soothe Soothe, steady, brighten, persist. But you know, then the jitta plays the part that's needed to accomplish the eradication of these defiling influences. And they have to arise because you're cleaning things out. As they arise and are allowed and brought under this influence of jitta. 
passes on, freedom, greater freedom. So jitta's doing the work it should be doing. And uh, it's not interfering. It's not creating whole kind of programs of how to walk or how to sit or how to breathe. It's, it's much more, I know my job. My job is just to be there to soothe what needs to be soothed, to brighten what needs to be brightened, to steady what needs to be steadied. And it's, then it's a quite a, it's quite a simple task. And that's the process, the unlocking, the unbinding that bears its fruition in the complete unbinding. So let's take some time for practice now.